0: It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore.
2: Today's game is brought to you by Equifax, where city spends the best-or-nothing AT&T more for your thing. That's
3: our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take on your home projects delivered right to your door.
1: The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts, Piedmont Healthcare, and Ford.
0: The home for MLS in Atlanta, Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore.
3: All right, Atlanta United now unbeaten in their last three matches. They've now won two in a row, 1-0 over LAFC this afternoon. I'm really starting to believe, Jason, maybe there was a a pretty substantial turning point up in Montreal a week ago Wednesday after uh, Montreal went up 2-0. Joseph scores right off that kickoff, and since then, Atlanta United has outscored their opponents 6-2. Uh, and in in that span of time, about 200 minutes, uh, they had a full match clean sheet today. And of course, they they shut out Montreal. Uh, in the final 20 minutes of that match. And, and quite honestly, I thought the 3-2 scoreline in Columbus did not flatter Atlanta United as dominant as they were. So long story short, they had to really fight for this one today. wasn't the most pretty in the world, but you're not going to make apologies for that because right now you clearly have a lot of momentum on your side.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, I feel like people complained at times whenever there were conversations about Atlanta United playing well but losing In this game, where over the course of the 90, it's pretty even. Second half, the last 45, LAFC was the better team. There's no complaints about getting out of here with a win. Games where I felt like Atlanta United played opponents off the field and didn't get wins, you take this one because it's not like they were outplayed for 90 minutes. They were the better team in the first half, in my opinion. Atlanta had more of the play in the first half. Bob Bradley made the right changes to try to create more in the attack, but ultimately didn't find a goal with it, and Atlanta was able to exploit that and get the goal and win. We will
3: hope to hear in this segment from Rob Valentino downstairs. We will hope to hear from some Atlanta United players as well, but let's start, as always, with the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. George Bellow's statistics were pretty interesting today and pretty eye-popping, quite frankly. He led the team in tackles, interceptions, possessions gained, and blocks, and also led the team in key passes. They all came in the first half with three, but that is a good all-around 90 minutes for George Bellow this afternoon, and he had a big, big stuff on Carlos Vela at the end of this match as well.
2: Yeah, big play on Vela, big play on Arango as well. Bello got better defensively as the day went on. Bello just doesn't play like a kid anymore, and that's the biggest change from him. I think his Gold Cup experience... Helped with that to a degree, but he was already trending in that direction. He's a smart defender. He's got the pace to where if he gets beat, he can recover, he, he can bail himself out. But now his positioning is so much better. He's a very strong tackler. George Bello is a complete left back at this stage in his career, and he's still got room to grow. So George
3: Bellow, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken, even though Bello is not yet old enough to consume Heineken, but I know Heineken has some very good non-alcoholic options as well, so we'll uh, raise a glass to George on that one. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official healthcare partner of Atlanta United. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag in the statistics, to be quite honest with you today. LAFC outshot Atlanta United 16-9, to but remember Jason said, didn't it feel like Brad had to make too many big saves? That's true. In fact, he only had to make three saves total on the day. Atlanta United had six shots on target to LEFC's three. Key passes were 10 6 LEFC. Atlanta United had only two key passes in the second half, but the expected goals were a little over one for Atlanta and under one 0.84 for LEFC. Like we've been saying, if you can throw up a clean sheet on LEFC, you're going to be very, very happy with that. The The possession was 59 41 Atlanta United. Uh, Atlanta United won 56% of the duels. Remember, LAFC came into today winning more than 50% of their duels on the season. The passing accuracy, 83% for Atlanta United, 77 for LAFC, five corners to two for LAFC, and the fouls, LAFC conceded 19, Atlanta United conceded 12. But it is a 1-0 win for Atlanta United this afternoon. Statistically, Atlanta United dominated Columbus and got a 3-2 win. Today, more of an even match, maybe a slight edge towards LAFC. I thought LAFC at times was dominating Atlanta United in the second half, but sometimes the team that controls the play doesn't win the match, and um, LAFC, I'm sure, probably a little bit frustrated with the way this turned out for them today.
2: Yeah, they're going to feel like they should have been able to find a goal in the second half. Atlanta's going to feel like if Joseph Martinez holds his run for a step, they're up 2-0 and cruising, and they're going to feel like they should have had a goal in the first half as well. Atlanta United and LAFC, two very good teams, not where we expect them to be in the table. This game had a little bit of a desperation feel to it, especially as that second half went on. LAFC has got to go find points now. Okay,
3: Rob Valentino taking his seat downstairs, the interim head coach for Atlanta United, who will have one more match as interim head coach next Wednesday night against Toronto, but this is his second consecutive win in MLS. The team has... Played six matches under Valentino. They've gotten results in four of them. So he has done a remarkable job. Rob is getting comfortable at the dais. They are letting reporters into the room. Uh, The MLS protocols now have changed, by the way. They're they're limiting in-person attendance at these press conferences to just a few people. And believe it or not, there's actually a procedure in bringing everyone into the room, which is what they're going through right now. So hence the delay. And uh, here we go. Rob Valentino. you have a question,
4: Yeah, uh, Rob, this was the first uh, winning streak for the team since the first two games of 2020, uh, in league games, I should say. Um, how important is that for the team's momentum going into Wednesday and the new manager and, and this hunt for this final playoff chase?
5: It's, it's extremely important that we win. I think that that's, that's what it is. Um yeah, for their momentum, for their confidence, to win a game where it was really tough, it was not pretty at times. That that says a lot about them in there. Um, so I'll, again, I'm proud of them. Um, but I'm I'm proud that they, they they found a way to win when uh, maybe at times it was it was really difficult for them.
4: Yeah, y'all. Um, you created just I think six chances uh, in the game. Um, not the wide open game that a lot of people expected was going to be today, at least from y'all. What was LAFC doing that kind of limited uh, y'all's influence uh, in the final third?
5: In the, in the first half, I thought that we had a, well, it looked like we were going to have some good play and some good interchange with, with small, shorter passes to be able to break their lines and go. Uh, I thought we could have been more dangerous in transition. We could have looked for a little bit longer of the pass to get in behind, and, and we didn't. Uh, now, whether that was due to them or due to us, I mean, at, at times I felt like it wasn't in our character the first half it didn't look like the team that we've seen. And so at halftime, we spoke about that. Uh, and then in the second half, they changed the shape and it made it really difficult for us. Uh, we scored the goal early, which is great. Uh, and then after that, it was like we were just holding on at times, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's what they did to us or if it's maybe us in the first half that didn't really try to put the stamp on the game. Um, I mean, they're a great team. So I think we left them in the game for long enough where they thought, okay, we can get something here and they've got dangerous players as well. So wasn't perfect by any means, but a win, to win for me.
6: Joseph uh, scores, he's making runs in behind, he's getting to fights with people. Was this the most Joseph game he's had uh, since coming back to the team? Mm. I me mean,
5: scores, yep. and that's important. Uh, I think that we obviously missed him the last game and, and he was huge in other ways in terms of the team culture and being around the group. Uh, I'll be honest. I like. I would have liked to see him running behind more. Yeah, but you know he gave everything he could, and, and he gets the goal, and he, and he nearly gets another one. I think that would have been huge. But it's, I mean, you can see the fans love him. I love him, and, and we're all happy that he's he's back to somewhat of his normal self. And we'll keep pushing him, and uh, I think he'll
6: keep put challenging this group to to want more. You say somewhat back. What's that kind of next step for him to be all the way 100 percent, Joseph? More goals. All right. <laughs>
4: Uh, Marcelino Moreno didn't appear to be playing, I guess, as centrally as in some of the previous games. It seemed like he was kind of drifting over to the channels. Was that by design or was that just how the game was going?
5: No, I think he was – I think it wasn't by design. I mean, at times, yeah, he's, he's going to drift over there and, and try to find space. Uh, we would talk about who, who operates in those spaces or who operates in the central spaces. It can change throughout the game depending on how they end up playing. Uh but I, I would have liked to have him a little more central, so we talked about why, how we could get him in there. And, and, you know, at times, yeah, if he drifts out wide, then someone else takes his space inside. But, um, yeah, that, that wasn't by design, but more where he could find the ball probably.
4: And the goal, uh, Marino looked up, saw a 2-on-2 situation for you all. Was that something that you all discussed during the week or even at halftime, the adjustments you
5: discussed? It's something we discussed a lot okay. in general, that if you, get, if you get the chance and look forward, we, we need to go and take the risk especially early on take the risk and get him behind and and that was definitely something we talked about at halftime and you know I thought they were going to continue with the shape and they didn't but there was a lot of times just Joseph and one of the center backs and I said if we if we can you get your head up and just knocking him behind I think at times that was what he was and that's what this team I feel like is very very good at and that's that's what I want to just try to get us back to a little bit and we, I think we had a little bit of luck on it, but he, he did the right thing, and he, and he got to be – Marcelino did the right thing, and, and Joe ends up getting his goal. So it's good for him and it's good for the team.
4: And you've said in the past it's hard for you to kind of not go for thing, not go for wins and push forward. When it got about the 70th minute or so, and LFC, LAFC was really pressuring you all, was it difficult for you to, to make any adjustments or the substitutions or anything, or were you still trying to push to get another goal?
5: I was trying to get us to get more possession to get another goal okay. uh, and now how much I can do from the sideline or substitutions change things so we're trying to figure out the best way but then also like at times yeah okay if we have to defend we need to defend it's two sides of the game we can't think that we can only do one side so that was important that you know the subs come on and make an influence in, in that sense uh, especially the midfielders so I was I was still going for it we're still going for it but we're winning now um, how can we be a little bit more short up defensively, and then can we keep the ball from there and, and create more chances? But,
3: Rob Valentino after his team's 1-0 win over LAFC. I thought that was a very wise sub that he made getting Amar Sadich introduced in the second half because uh, uh, Jose Simfuentes was really giving Atlanta United a lot of problems after LAFC conceded the goal. We even mentioned it at one point. I mean, is there something that Valentino could do To counter that, you brought up Amar Sadich. He came into the match, and it felt like seeing Fuentes after that point a tad bit less
2: threatening. Sadich, just position wise, he's going to sit a little bit deeper. But as Rob Valentino said, you're not conceding possession at that point, you're not just parking the bus and sitting back and defending. Sadich can play. Sadich is a player who creates opportunities when he can get forward, but naturally, he's more comfortable sitting a little bit deeper and playing in that double pivot with Santiago Sosa, it cleaned up the positioning a little bit defensively for Atlanta. And you saw LAFC, in response, had to go out wide more often to find space after Sadich came on. That's lower percentage opportunities that are being created. And with
3: Moreno coming out of the match in the 76th minute, I think that's an eye towards, hey, we have three matches in seven days. We've got to be a little bit pragmatic about that. Now, hopefully – You got Louisa Aruju into the team as well Wednesday. I know that's the hope for Atlanta United right now, but you've got to be a a little bit forward-looking because right now, the position you're in on the Eastern Conference table, you've got to get as many wins as possible in these nine remaining home matches. Wednesday against Toronto becomes very vital as a result. Well, the highlights from this one after this, Atlanta United 1-0 winners over LAFC this afternoon. Send us questions and comments. Can do that after a win, too. We get a lot of them after a loss. Go ahead and send them in after a win. We'll be glad to take them. At Mike Conti, 929 and a long shoe. More to come on the full time report after this on Sports Radio 929 The Game.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
3: Back on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Atlanta United beats LAFC 1-0. We play music from Los Angeles or LA or Southern California-themed music here on the full-time report because in case you've forgotten, on the full-time report when Atlanta United wins, we play music themed to the city that Atlanta United conquered. By the way, a lot of LAFC supporters made the trip out east today. I know there was uh, a party last night with uh, some of the local supporters groups and the LAFC supporters. I think you would agree with me. When we went out there in 2019, one of the things that really stood out to me about the experience of Bank of California Stadium, their supporters are awesome. And everything I have heard from last night's party, from the experience today, I mean, they're they're sitting above us, and we can hear them. They're loud. Great road support for LAFC today. I'm sorry they had to go home. Uh, well, I'm not really that sorry. They I'm have not to, sorry. <laughs> they had to go home unhappy. Uh, but I, I do look forward to uh, the day when when these teams will play again. And I, I have to assume Major League Soccer is going to make it a pretty high priority to make sure that Atlanta United and LAFC
2: play every year. Yeah, they will. They will. Uh, th- there's going to be too many national TV executives who want that game on their channel. So, I, I would not be surprised if we are at Bank of California Stadium next year. It, it's a great supporters group with LAFC. Uh, one of the biggest traveling support groups we've seen here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium from anybody. And LAFC had a long way to go to get here.
3: I mean, the only thing I can think of that was comparable was Timbers Army coming out here for the cup final. Cup final, yeah. And I mean, that's a cup final. Yeah. Um but, you know, you know that on like 10 days notice, uh, the schedule came out in March for the L.A. supporters. And I guess they had more time to prepare. But uh, great to see them today. Great to look out on the pitch, see all the families uh, uh, playing kick around uh, on the pitch right now. It just feels like so many things are, are kind of coming back to normal. Uh, we had a great crowd today announced it over 67,000. Uh, certainly not every seat was full here today. I'll, I'll level with you. But I, I think more seats were occupied than not. Yes. Uh, and it, it was a, a really great day here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So let's get to the highlights now. We had one goal and two near goals, both ruled out offside. It looked like right before halftime, LAFC opened the scoring on a set piece. Mamadou Fall making his first career start. The 18-year-old that they acquired off waivers. Uh, But it turned out, after a VAR check, to be ruled out offside. We're scoreless in the 40th minute, action at the goal to our left. The sun glare is going to be a factor here, I think, as the whistle is given to Etwesta, who's up to the ball, strikes it going for the back post, and it's headed in for a goal. Beautifully worked set piece by LAFC, and it's Mamadou Fall making his first career MLS start and getting the goal to put LAFC up 1-0. They're going to the monitor. That usually is a bad sign for the scoring team. The VAR is Daniel Radford. Penso now going behind the goal to our left. That's Brad Guzan's goal to have a look at this. So the VAR Radford has recommended the on-field review because he believes that Penso should look at this as a potential offside infraction. Penso's already had a look. He's away from the monitor. No goal. So Mamadou Falls' goal is ruled out in the 40th minute. It was tight, but I think they got it right. Let me ask you, Jason, it is an offside goal, but it's a, a headed-in goal for uh, LAFC. At least it goes in the net. Can Rob Valentino show his team anything on film there that would make it worthwhile, even though the goal did not count? I mean, Can they learn from it?
2: Yeah, it's fall gets to the spot because he's a little bit ahead of the back line so that's why he gets there but you can go back and look at it and show how close that margin is i thought atlanta got better on set piece defending as the game went on they had a couple of really good defensive plays on set pieces at the end
3: all right we'll continue with the highlights in a moment miles robinson though has made it to the podium i think uh,
7: you know we're working hard and we're working for each other and we're playing for each other and our fans and uh as you can see, we're you know we're doing pretty good so far.
4: And what was how do you think y'all executed the game plan to try to minimize uh, <clears throat> Vela's influence today?
7: Yeah, we knew Vela was going to try to you know create the game like he normally does, so we had to make sure we stayed tight to him. There was a few times in the second or the first half where you know we gave him too much space and he you know hurt us. But uh, yeah, I thought the team did good uh, in terms of just staying tight to him the whole game, trying to frustrate him.
4: What does this team need to improve uh, you've got seven points from the last three games um, You got a, a, a bunch of home games upcoming. What's the biggest area of improvement in this stretch?
7: Uh, yeah, I mean just defensively, I think we allowed you know, maybe too many chances on set pieces things like this that we've got to improve on um, uh, But yeah, I think we're still growing as a, as a team um, We just have to you know continue to just Play together and um, just kind of get some more chemistry, you know, going forward. And then I think uh, uh, we've got, you know, some a good, uh, you know, bright future.
4: And the three-man, the three pool center back right now, you and, and Franco and Walks. How how is y'all uh, growth coming together? Would you say?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just playing two games together. I think we've grown, uh, but. If we're going to be playing in this back three, I think we need, you know, continue reps uh, to just get stronger. Uh, but I thought they both played great. Um, Allen played, you know, very well in that center position. Uh, I think he helped out a lot in balls and behind um, a few times today. So, uh, yeah, it's just about, you know, getting that, you know, constant reps, uh, you know, t- to gain chemistry. Go to uh, Zoom. online.
3: Go ahead,
8: guys.
2: professional and he played so great today just kind of you know what how have you seen his game evolve and
7: change over the time from when he kind of first came into Atlanta United versus where he's at today oh uh, yeah I mean I think the, these last three games since he's came back from the gold club he's been playing great um, a lot of confidence going forward but also being strong defensively Um yeah I, th- I think he's been playing great these last three games especially today
3: yeah uh, he was our man of the match and uh, you know to the point that I think Joe's trying to make. Joe Patrick, with his question, we talked about how going to the Gold Cup was going to make Miles Robinson and George Bello better players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Miles was already playing at a really, really high level. I think he elevated that to another level at the Gold Cup. George Bello, the confidence that he must have gained getting that start in the final against Mexico and playing mistake-free soccer for about an hour, I think you saw... The immediate impact of that, pardon the pun, in Montreal, former home of the impact. (laughs) I wish it would still be their name, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Um, But I think it's really, really encouraging right now. I mean, you had the center back trio today throw a clean sheet up on LAFC. I know it's not the LAFC of 2019. It's still LAFC. They're one of the best teams in the league at creating chances. Same players. Same players. Three players with five goals scored on the year. Vela's missed a lot of time, which is why his goal-scoring total is down. But I, I'm just – I'm really, really encouraged by what I'm seeing. Remember, in Columbus, set-piece goal and a penalty. Uh, and it was a, a mistake by Alan Franco that created the penalty. I, I get that. But really, since the 65th minute in Montreal, uh, this team with Bello and Robinson feels to me is uh, defended at a very high level.
2: Go back the last couple of months honestly through Atlanta United's goals conceded and there's not many coming from the run of play most of them are coming from set pieces and, and that's something that is a different layer of defending I, I think when we talk about a team being good defensively we're talking about what they do in the run of play Atlanta United has to improve on set piece defending they have to do what they did at the end where they're touch tight there's no space for anybody to win headers. They did a great job on that last dangerous free kick that Vela had. But in the run of play, this is a a back line when you include Bello and Lennon or Hernandez on the right side, when they can go line of five and spread things out and cover up all of the gaps. But also when they have the ball at their feet, they're confident in playing out of pressure and then getting forward. And all of them can step forward and join the attack freely. That's what's so impressive about this group. They're well-rounded defenders who can play in the attacker, attacking half as well.
3: All right, speaking of run-of-play goals, there was a great run-of-play goal right after the uh, second-half whistle for Atlanta United, and this was the only goal of the match. It's the hot play of the match brought to you by Scanna. a beautifully worked team goal in the 46 minutes. Bello to throw it in off the near touchline into Moreno, who is able to nutmeg in Fuentes and then turn and chop it down the middle and it's gonna roll to Barco. Barco at the top of the 18, dribbling in, cross to Joseph, shot, score! Golosso! A brilliant team goal by Atlanta United to take the 1-0 lead. For over 20 years, Skin Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. Uh, Really pretty. And I I think it probably covered, what, 80 yards?
2: About. Moreno looks up, and, and he sees that it's 2v2 back there, and you play it. And this was also, I think, the timing of it helped as well on on Atlanta's decision and Moreno's decision to play that long because LAFC is going from three center backs to two in those moments, and their positioning was not where it needed to be. It gets over the top, and Barco does that perfect job that we've seen him do so many times where he's on the dribble. He knows his pacing. He knows how to draw defenders to him just to give a little more space he does that, opens up the space for Joseph, delivers the pass. Joseph hits it first time. Boom, goal.
3: And then, as dominant as LAFC was after conceding that goal, Atlanta United almost hit them for a second. Joseph was a step offside. Here is the goal that almost made it 2-0. Pitched by Franco up to the halfway line. It's going to roll to Hosetu. Plays it up to Barco. Ahead to Joseph, who's onside. Wouldn't be the keeper. Joseph's shot. score. Flag up. I don't think anyone in the stadium realizes that they held the flag until the ball was put in the net. As the ARs are instructed to do, I'm sure they'll give Daniel Radford a look at this. We're getting the replay here in the booth. And I think Joseph is off. And he was. And that's the kind of match it was where we have played you two offside goals as highlights because, quite frankly, Guzana had to make only three saves, none of them exceptionally difficult. Uh, Romero uh, for... LAFC made five saves, none of them exceptionally difficult either. It was that kind of match, and Atlanta United wins it 1-0 and we will make no apologies for
2: it. Oh, one thing I'll say, though, and, and this was coming up in the first half where I, I felt very differently th- than some about it, finding highlights for us, you know, a lot of times on, on this sequence uh, in the postgame show, it's going to be saves, it's going to be goals. Just because there's not a lot of that doesn't mean the game wasn't entertaining. And I felt like the first half was entertaining before there was a goal in it. The second half was also entertaining in a different way. Goals don't equal excitement. And I hope that we can continue to to get that. And what I liked about Atlanta United today was the confidence to play their game. They didn't resort to just bombing it forward, even against LAFC's press, which is very, very good. They tried to play their game and win the game their way. They did. Did they have to defend a little bit more towards the end? Yes, they absolutely did. But they didn't abandon their principles. And when it's flowing, you get goals like we saw today. You get especially the second goal that didn't happen because of being offside. You get those sequences. That's why you play out of the back. That's why you get these players that Atlanta United recruits, so they can play in this way. There were times where LAFC made them recycle possession multiple times because of how good LAFC is and how good of a coach Bob Bradley is in that defensive pressure. Atlanta handled it. They handled it. They played their game, and they ultimately get the three points here, and it's Bob Bradley who was frustrated and saying that it's the wrong use of VAR on the goal being overturned of Mamadou He said the disallowed goal, unless there's a different angle that the referees looked at, the angle that we see so far is not clear and obvious.
3: That doesn't matter on offside, though, does it?
2: MLS is a little different because you don't have the lines that are being drawn, but – we, when we saw the replay and we had the TV feed in our booth, when we saw the replay, I immediately said it's off because I thought his shoulder was forward. And you can play the ball your shoulder. I thought it was off. That's all you need because it's, it's a wrong call. <laughs> You're going to check everything and offside, yeah, there's a bigger bar there because you don't have those lines being drawn by a, a computerized system, but it looked off on the first shot of it.
3: Well, it doesn't matter now, does it? I mean, it was tight. It, and, oh, that's and absolutely I, close. I even said in the live call, I thought it was tight, but um, it's not a goal. And Atlanta United wins one deal. Okay, we're going to take your questions and your comments when we come back. Tweet them at us, at Mike Conti, 929, and at Longshoom. We'll have more of the full-time report after this. Atlanta United 1-0 winners over LAFC on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. <laughs> Atlanta United defeats LAFC 1-0 this afternoon. Joseph scored the goal, and Joseph is meeting with the media now.
9: Um, and I have a good uh, relationship with him. I, uh, I really like, I like him, and I love him. Uh, I say thank you because, you know, we talk a lot about assists, makeover, um and something like that. And that's why I, I told to him. Uh, thank you, and uh, I, I like to see him like that.
4: Is the team... In, in your opinion and your feelings about it, starting to feel more like it did in 17, 18, and, and maybe 19 than at any point in the previous few months.
9: Uh, 19, we can't compare that. Okay. <laughs> but we look better. And today it was tough game. It's amazing team. Uh, we told that before. And then the second half they complete, uh, they complete go forward and then. Uh, this win is a mega special because it's a good team, a good, a good game, and uh, the three-point is more important. So
4: and I need to ask you about the woman who made the painting for yeah. you, please. Um, how often does that happen to you, that you're receiving gifts like that? And what does it mean to you, and, and what are you going to do with it?
9: Uh, it's a <laughs> lot of words, man. It's a lot of words because I feel a lot of love for people. And uh, I try to do my best, you know, sometimes I know the people, like when we may score something, <laughs> but every game I can miss, uh, get a uh, goal. So I try to do the best. She text me and uh, when I see that for the first time, I was surprised. They made me something in the in my, in my <laughs> chest. But uh, I thank you for that people. They made something special for me.
6: This is your first goal at the stadium since October of 2019. Uh, can you tell us, one, how it felt to, to get a goal in front of the home fans again? And also, I've always kind of wondered, when you're staring at the crowd, uh, what are you seeing? What are you looking at?
9: I have a lot of pressure because I need to make score here. <laughs> <laughs> I have four goals, but uh, all four and away. And uh, today, it's more because it's, uh, I like to play with that against a good teams and uh, with amazing crowd, amazing uh, fans. So it's a little bit special. Uh, I won make score so bad. But um, the most important three points, uh, we go thinking about the next game. And when I stand out front of the people, um, I just enjoy, man, because they made me special and uh, I love them so much. Oh, mira ¿Quién está aquí? Joseph.
8: No los, Ah, bueno. Uh, okay,
9: we'll eh, como dijeron, tu primer gol en mucho tiempo, vienes de temporadas extraordinarias. ¿Qué ha cambiado en ti? ¿Qué has aprendido como jugador, como persona? Eh, Atravesando una etapa tan difícil y ahora una etapa difícil también con el equipo. ¿no? Primero tu lesión, ahora es el equipo también. Cambio de entrenadores, eh, problemas constantes. ¿Qué se sienta a notar y qué has aprendido en todo este tiempo? Es lindo porque he tenido campeonatos, he tenido años muy buenos después de una lesión de esta. Aprendí de, de valorar mi cuerpo, aprendí a valorar cada minuto que estuve fuera del campo. Los momentos duros más que todo. Y yo solamente le doy gracias a Dios, eh, dejame la posibilidad de estar en el campo otra vez, porque hace seis meses ya yo no quería volver a jugar. Entonces, volver a jugar es una cosa especial. Ya después, si tengo la posibilidad de hacer gol o ayudar al equipo, bienvenido sea creo que eso es lo que todo el mundo quiere es lo que todos nosotros queremos y echar esto para adelante porque hemos tenido estamos teniendo estos últimos este último periodo hemos tenido malos resultados y esperemos volver a agarrar el ritmo de quizás no ganar todos los partidos pero una buena cara para la gente
8: also valued um, every moment off the field, and especially the tough moments off the field. Um, so I just I want to say thanks to God for giving me the opportunity to, to come back, because six months ago for me, um, it wasn't possible, and, and I didn't want to play anymore. Um, so we've gone through a period of, of some bad results, but now we're, we're all working towards the goal of, of trying to get that rhythm that we want back, um, and maybe not be able to win every game, but uh, to be competitive and, and to go for it.
6: Joseph, you said he didn't want to play anymore at one point. Uh, I mean, was that like a serious consideration? Uh, how um, serious were you about that thought that maybe this isn't what I want to keep doing?
9: Uh, very serious because I have a lot of complication and a tough moments. Well, you know, I go every day to the training ground, I see my teammates, you know, the support, the people, the fans, and my family, and they, they give me my back. They push me to continue to be forward, and that's why I'm here, but um, I love this game, I love this club, and I fight for end. you know, we keep going.
1: Joseph, por acá, <laughs> felicidades. Eh, le preguntaba a Rob, ¿cómo había hecho para cambiarle la mentalidad a ustedes en tan poco tiempo? Eh, si miramos hacia atrás, ¿cómo habían, venían jugando hace unas semanas atrás? Y de los últimos tres partidos, siete puntos. Eh, excelente, buenísimo. Y me dijo, yo no he hecho nada, lo han hecho ellos todo, no quiero ganarme el crédito yo. <risa> Te pregunto, ¿qué han hecho ustedes para cambiar? Porque de verdad... Eh, hemos visto el cambio y, y, y se nota en el terreno de juego y, y se ve con la alegría que están jugando y, y, y es un equipo totalmente diferente ¿Qué, qué han hecho para cambiar la mentalidad y para y para sacar este proyecto adelante
9: En realidad no hemos hecho mucho Simplemente disfrutar Eh, mi relación con Roc, creo que lo dije en la semana, es de muchos años. Nosotros lo único que queremos es levantar este club porque personas como, bueno, Roc, ahora con el profe Pineda y con todos los muchachos que hemos estado aquí del primer desde el primer día sabemos lo que lo que representa para nosotros este club. Eh, y saber que estamos en un momento quizás no el mejor para nosotros porque En el fútbol puede tener momento bueno, momento malo, pero lo importante es seguir trabajando y seguir luchando. Eh, ¿Quieres seguir?
3: Okay, Uh, always a great thing when we have the opportunity to hear from Joseph Martinez. That does not frequently happen after matches, and uh, that included a little bit of a bombshell that I was not aware of. Joseph revealing that uh, he was considering retirement because of what he termed very serious complications uh, as he was coming back from his knee surgery. All I can say is uh, I'm really glad he decided to play on, but I was not aware of that. I I did not know that things were uh, as serious as what Joseph has indicated there. Uh, That is a very revealing comment on a day where, fortunately, Joseph will be able to go home and celebrate scoring the game-winning goal against a good team like LAFC.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know what – any athlete who is injured is dealing with when it's behind closed doors and and we don't see it. You know, we see everything out in front of us. We don't see the hard work that goes into those moments. We don't see the the moments of doubt that happen and any kind of a serious injury that can can create those situations. You know, if there's a complication to it, then you really do start to question if you're going to be able to come back, if you're going to be the same when you come back. You know, can you still be who you used to be when you come back? All those sorts of things. It, it's a mental drain as much as it is a physical one. And thankfully, Joseph has a really strong support system here in Atlanta. The club absolutely goes out of their way to look out for him. His teammates look out for him. And he was able to get through that moment. But, you know, it's it happens to any athlete who has a, a serious injury where you miss an entire year. You know, your career is short. And when there's complications on top of just a serious injury, you do start to question, can you come back and be who you used to be? I'm glad Joseph is getting there. Getting there. Maybe
3: not all the way there, but definitely no, getting there. He's not there yet. He's De- getting there. Definitely getting there. And I think it owes a lot to Mario Cruz, who uh, is one of Atlanta United's trainers who worked very closely with Joseph during his rehab process. You saw Joseph when he scored his first goal of the year. Uh, against Miami, run to Mario Cruz and give him a warm embrace in the technical area because I think that's how much Mario means to Joseph. Okay, uh, we'll be back with your questions and comments on Twitter right after this. Again, send them at Mike Conti 929 And a long shoe in the full-time report continues in a moment on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game.
2: I got pros. I got pros. In
9: different cold Area.
1: Area. code, Pros. Pros. 7 Well, I've
3: got to admit, uh, that's not the version of the song that I'm familiar with. But uh, Pros, Mike. Pros. press radio-friendly version. Pros. Uh, uh, song by Ludacris, but also Nate Dogg. So we're combining Atlanta and Los Angeles. You're on the full-time report. Atlanta United 1-0 winners over LAFC. Going to get to your questions and comments on Twitter in just a moment. want to remind you that for every Atlanta United clean sheet this year, Atlanta United donates... to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. And with today's clean sheet, that's another $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. Fourth clean sheet of the year, so the donation total is currently now uh, $8,000. I I have to admit, I was not expecting uh, this revelation from Joseph Martinez to suddenly kind of dominate the post-match discussion after a 1-0 Atlanta United win. You heard Joseph reveal that he seriously considered retirement not that long ago, because of very serious complications uh, following his knee injury, Joseph has subsequently revealed, while we were in commercial break, that Joseph had to have three surgeries in five days in December related to a post-operation infection that he developed. I, I was not aware of that, and mm-hmm. I, I think pretty much everyone listening to us was not aware of that, and... Uh, Boy, I mean, that that really makes you think now. I mean, we were very, very close to potentially losing Joseph Martinez as a player for this team, Uh, and he has fought through much, much more uh, in his rehab than I was aware of. I mean, rehabbing an ACL injury is difficult to begin with, but uh, that's a revelation that kind of takes your breath away, and I'm I'm glad it turned out okay for Joseph, but I, I think it certainly adds context to why it took Joseph maybe a little bit longer than some had hoped to get to the form that he's in right now and might also indicate why he still has a little bit more work to do.
2: Yeah, and he's had setbacks along the way. I mean, that's the the thing even since this season got started. That's December. You're coming into preseason, and you're not too far after that. so So that's a challenge. And then the whole situation with COVID and the Copa America and missing that time when it's so important to get that continuity and continue to build that fitness. He wasn't able to do it. So then you're kind of starting from scratch again, and it's such a huge challenge. And Joseph Martinez being able to contribute in the ways that he is right now. And he doesn't have the explosiveness that he's had. I mean, Rob Valentino mentioned it. You'd like to see more of those runs in behind I think that's something that he's going to have to continue to get back and find his way into doing that because I don't know if he trusts that he has that pace to get in behind at times right now. When he can start to feel more comfortable, I think, with his knee and his body and his fitness, he'll be even better than he's been right now. But right now, he's kind of turned himself into a little bit different kind of a number nine, and he's finding other ways to contribute. Which is a good thing. I think that speaks to... Joseph's
3: commitment and professionalism, and like he said in his post-match media availability, he wanted to fight for this club, yep. and uh, he did, and that's why he's playing right now, and he's not retired. Okay, uh, let's get to some of your questions and comments on Twitter. Jason A. Heinley, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says, it seems like George Bellow is playing like a European-bound player. Hope he goes, but hopes he he helps Atlanta United and Atlanta United's fans get another cup first. Do you think Bellow's going to be in Europe in a year or two?
2: Yeah, he should be. Um, if Brian Reynolds and Reggie Cannon and Sam Vines are all playing in Europe right now, George Bello should be playing in Europe right now. I think he is that good. And he's a lefty, and he's young, and he's got so much experience and now experience in big games with a a Gold Cup final start under his belt the big games he's had here in Atlanta. He's he's in a different place than I think those three guys are who got European opportunities. George Bello has the potential to be a star for the U.S. men's national team for a long time, and that's going to put him in the conversation with big European clubs. I think he has that kind of game in him.
3: Do you think he's at the point right now where he could factor into World Cup qualifying? Yes. Okay, Uh, Joe Delgado says the precision today was amazing. Have you seen them look better this season? In my opinion, yes. I actually thought they played better last Saturday in Columbus. Not to say they were imprecise today, uh, but I thought Atlanta United's best all-around 90 minutes of the season was last Saturday.
2: Different games, different opponents. It's hard to compare. Columbus doesn't threaten you in the same ways that LAFC does. So I think you have to – give Atlanta, I think, a lot of credit to play their game against LAFC, who's one of the best pressing teams in MLS. We don't normally think of them that way because we think of all the goals they score. So many of their goals come after pressing situations. And with Rodriguez, Rossi, and Vela up top to start things off, and Atuesta kind of finding the space behind that front three, they made it difficult for Atlanta to play out. Atlanta didn't deviate from the way that they play, and that's bravery, that's commitment. And that's a belief in the game that Atlanta has. I thought they played very well today. You get a clean sheet against LAFC. That's always a very good day at the office. They could have had more going forward, but LAFC made that difficult. But I'm not taking anything away from a clean sheet against LAFC. Elliot
3: wants to know, are we going to see Luis Arruju in the next game? And and just to bring you up to date on that, if you missed it in the Five Stripes countdown, Rouju's visa is Did not get cleared in time for this match today. Atlanta United is hopeful that he will be able to play on Wednesday. He is training with the team. So once the visa gets cleared up, he could probably go in and start. I mean, you're probably at that point right now. It's just a matter of getting the paperwork done. And uh, uh, unfortunately, the State Department has many things that they're dealing with right now. And uh, they were unable to get Araujo's visa done in time for this match. Which, by the way was not unexpected. I I think they were pretty transparent, the club, uh, earlier this week when they introduced Ararujou that uh, this was going to go all the way up to game time today, and unfortunately it did not work
2: out. Yeah, they were hopeful um, because he's a guy who can step right in and play. He went through a preseason with Lille. He played in the French Super Cup match, and he's ready. And now that he's had some time on the training pitch with his teammates, he's even more ready. So when he is available, he will go into the team, I think, to start. Uh, jb says this game was a lot
3: tighter than it seemed one crossbar and one goal post from lafc if either one of those had gone in it would be a whole new game i don't disagree with that it was a tight game atlanta united won one nil uh lafc probably deserved at least a point but they didn't get it
2: yeah and we've had those same conversations about results that atlanta didn't get either also you know true. it, it yeah. happens it, it's It's two good teams, and in this case, two good teams that need points badly to get into the playoffs where both of them belong, and it's Atlanta who comes out on top. You know, they needed that support from the fan base today. They needed those cheers late in the game, especially as LAFC was throwing everything forward. Those things were a necessity, and Atlanta was able to get it over the line and get three points and continue building. Zachary Coppersmith says,
3: I really thought the front line looked a lot better today, and the direct over-the-top approach was successful. It was also nice seeing how the back line line, uh, dealt with the LAFC front three. He believes that Toronto is a match we should win.
2: Yes, at home it is a match that Atlanta should win, but you have to deal with Alejandro Pozuelo and Jefferson Soteldo, two of the most talented players in the league that can break you down individually. I think Toronto – Struggles outside of that. They're not what they used to be defensively especially. But Atlanta has to continue with the principles of play that we've seen, frankly, all year long. Like like Joseph Martinez said, it's not like there were these dramatic changes when Gabriel Heinze left and Rob Valentino came in in the way that they play. They're doing it well because of the work they've put in since preseason. That's good. Now you're able to add things to it. You add Luis Araujo to it, that gives you a different look. You look to create more centrally and not just through the flanks. That gives you more weapons. But this team is in a good foundation of how they play because they can pick those times to go long. They they, they don't generally just play long to play long. When the game is there and it's a 2v2 or it's a 1v1, as Rob Valentino said, they're going to play that because either it's going to come off or – they're going to feel like something we saw a lot in Montreal and a lot in Columbus. They're going to win the second ball. Today, LASC did a good job with that, but Atlanta can win those second balls and create opportunities off of that.
3: One more from Logan Harris. He says, the three-back system seems to be a really good option long-term, but from his perspective today in the stadium, it seemed like the midfielders were a bit isolated at times. He wants to know, is this a matter of learning how to adjust, or is Atlanta United really missing Hindman and Ibarra?
2: Um no, it doesn't matter about the personnel. It's the, the three-back system means you have two central midfielders. And when LAFC went from playing the same way with two central midfielders to playing with three, when Cifuentes came on, it's 3v2. You know, I, I don't care if you have the Hulk and Superman in the midfield. It's 3v2. You know, So you've got to be able to deal with that. And Does that mean Marcelino Moreno tucks in a little bit more to make a midfield triangle? It can. Barco could tuck in there and be a triangle. Those two can drop and make, really, 4v3 if you want to play that way and play a little bit more of a 3-4-2-1. Atlanta has to figure that part out. And those are the things that I think Gonzalo Pineda will especially help with. Being that video junkie that he is, he's going to go through this one in detail, especially when LAFC made their changes. And he's going to say, okay, next time we see this, this is what we do in response. Those are the things that have to be there. When you talk about Heinemann and Ibotra, they're both very different. Ibotra would have been the sub here today, in my opinion, if he was available because he's even more defensively minded than Sadich, Not available. Heinemann would have given you a different feel to begin with if he had been in there. And he can sit deeper and he can do those things. But 3v2 is 3v2.
3: Okay, we'll come back with a quick thought on Wednesday's match against Toronto after this as Atlanta United defeats LAFC 1-0 on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. back of the full-time report on sports radio 90 tonight, the game well medley of southern california music as atlanta united defeats lafc this afternoon 1-0 in front of uh, 67,500, at least the announced attendance here at mercedes-benz stadium so atlanta united's won two in a row they're unbeaten in their last three they're now within five points of the playoff line that's not going to change regardless of what happens Uh, in the D.C. Nashville match tonight or any other match tonight. So Atlanta United ended last week six points below the line. Now they're five points below the line. So slowly but surely, kind of creeping to where they need to be. Still in full control of their own destiny. Nine of their next uh, 13 matches at home, five of the next six at home, including Wednesday night against Toronto, which right now leads for the wooden spoon. It's interesting. Toronto has played much, much better. Uh, under Javier Perez after Chris Armas was let go. They've played much, much better, but they have cooled off a little bit. I thought they looked decent against a shorthanded New England team last night, losing 2-1 at home. Uh, But this is one where Atlanta United's got to go in against the team that is 27th out of 27 in the league right now. And uh, they have no other option. They've got to get three points.
2: Yeah, it was a well-worked goal for Jonathan Osorio involving Posuelo and Sateldo. Those are the two danger men for Toronto. But this is a Toronto team that is aging defensively. Omar Gonzalez, Eric Zavaleta are the center backs right now. Kamar Lawrence has come back into the league, our old friend from the Red Bulls. He is in Toronto right now. Michael Bradley came off the bench in this one, so he'll be somewhat fresh. But Toronto is getting to be an older team. They're going to have to do some soul-searching as to what they do in the long run. I thought that process was to turn into a little bit more of a Red Bulls-esque pressing team. That's why Chris Armas was brought in. He didn't even make it back to do a game in Toronto. (laughs) So now they've got some things to figure out. This is a team Atlanta has to beat. If Atlanta wants to get into the postseason, these are the kinds of games that they have to pick up full three points on.
3: Yeah, it's a, choice, a chance to pick up three points on the midweek, so a really critical opportunity. It, it doesn't feel like a big match because it's ninth versus 14th in the East, but for Atlanta United, they have got to win as many of these remaining nine home matches as possible, and it starts Wednesday night. We'll be on the air 6.30 for the pre-match show. 7 o'clock will be the kickoff, Atlanta United and Toronto FC, a team that historically has given Atlanta United a lot of problems over the years. That'll be our next broadcast, but we are done for today. For Miller Pope, our on-site engineer, for Dylan Matthews, our producer, and for Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Once again, Atlanta United 1-0 winners over LAFC. We'll see you Wednesday night here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: You've been listening to MLS Action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.